The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as Jesus sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with them and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. While Jesus was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout that district. The Gospel of the Lord. You can be seated. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus has encounters with three different people with completely different backgrounds, but they're all connected in a particular way. And the story of these encounters with Jesus still holds relevance for the church today. The first encounter is with a tax collector named Matthew. A tax collector was more accurately a toll collector. They were individuals who contracted with the Roman administration to collect tolls on their behalf. The tolls were for goods that would be transported from district to district. These toll collectors had a bad reputation by pretty much everyone else. Tradespeople didn't like them because their job was to go through your goods and calculate how much money was owed. There was also a potential for abuse by increasing the amount that was owed for the collector's personal gain. The general outlook on tax collectors was this. They were locals who had turned their back on their own people and became collaborators with the occupying empire. And that made them undesirable socially. The next encounter Jesus has was with the synagogue leader, whose daughter has died. We get a sense of the desperation from his physical gesture. He knelt before Jesus. Now, kneeling would not have been something that a leader of a synagogue would typically do. The desperation comes from the death of his daughter. We don't know the circumstances. Perhaps it was his only daughter. 
Perhaps it was his only child. Regardless, there's been a loss of life and vitality, and the synagogue leader makes the choice not to pursue the help of a physician, but of Jesus. While on his way to see the daughter who has died, Jesus has the third encounter. It's with a woman suffering from hemorrhages. More than likely, this was a reproductive illness. For 12 years, she has dealt with the embarrassment, the feeling less than others, the shame and the stigma of ritual impurity. All this has led her to suffer another kind of death. A toll collector, a daughter who has died, a woman with hemorrhages. The common thread that ties all three of these encounters together is this. Jesus moves toward people who are suffering, excluded, and disapproved of by others. There is a message for the church here. There is a tendency for churches to only welcome and include the nice people. And you know what I mean when I say nice people. People that look like us, people that act like us, people that behave like us, speak the same language like us, and don't threaten us. Sometimes churches inadvertently, in coded ways, announce that they only want the nice, normal people to join. If you're viewed as a traitor, we don't want you. If you're going to burden us with your incurable illness, we don't want you. If you're going to drag us down with your grief, we don't want you. If you're weird or childless or disabled or struggle to find housing or socially awkward or in any other way less than normal, the church has often looked at you and said, we don't want you. If that is our view of church, Jesus' answer is still the same. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. If you view certain groups of people as if they're a disease and that the world would be better without them, you should know that Jesus is probably eating with them. Jesus forms the church to be a place for those who are lost, injured, and on the margins. That was the vision Jesus had from the beginning, and for 2,000 years the church has struggled to come to grips with it. Jesus doesn't ignore those who suffer. Jesus doesn't shun those on the margins. Jesus doesn't assume their condition or status is worse than anyone else. Jesus goes to them, asks them to follow, offers them healing, and raises them from the dead. At the end of the day, I'm not so sure that the reason Jesus died was for anyone's personal sins. 
I think he died because he upset the status quo and challenged people's understanding of what made them righteous. And that's a different level of sin. Less about bad choices, more about the pervasive power that plagues all things. Jesus died because he welcomed sinners and ate with them. And he still does if we let him. That is the gospel. Jesus welcomes and eats with each and every one of us, including the ones on the margins who make us uncomfortable because those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Amen.